Blog Talk Radio.
the name of Amen, the Supreme, the All-Powerful, the one and only true Lord, and Amen, we trust, as the Republican mentalist, the real 144,000 that has been gathered to stand time, the mentalist, the Amen race, the bright race, the illuminated ones. Good evening, I'm your host, the intellectual Nubin Minkari. This is Mentalect Radio tonight. We're going to be discussing Mr. Barry Gordy. Mr. Barry Gordy. Uh, did Motown Records found that Barry Gordy evolutionized the music industry? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Very much so. He did more than just entertain the masses with this with his music. You see, this man was a genius. He was a musical genius. He was a structural genius and organized uh, organizational genius. Man was a genius, All right? When it came to music, when it came to business, when it came to certain things and whatnot, here's a man that did not go to any business school. He didn't go to any music school. And then this business, and he, as a songwriter, starting as a songwriter, had a dream and had a um, goal and drive to build something, something that no other man has dealt had did before him. And uh, you had these little BS black little record companies here and there that just did their little soul music and things like that. You know, you had a few these Negroes running scams and hustles that did their little uh, uh, record label like record labels back then. You know, they did their little hustles and scams. You know, but I'm gonna get into that first and foremost. Can everybody hear me? I want to make sure everybody can hear me. Just want to make sure everybody can hear me. You know, I do this. Um, you know, not because it's so-called Black History Month, but I'm saying if you Negroes going to celebrate anybody, you should be celebrating Mr. Barry Gordy. Man's in his 90s now, very accomplished man. Like I said, he don't get he don't this man don't get, you know, the props he deserves. You know saying as being an evolutionary music uh, 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 force, and I say evolutionary because that word is not really used. You'll hear revolutionary, right? But I, I, I coined and pushed heavily the term evolutionary. I consider myself an evolutionary. The reason why you don't hear the beast using that terminology evolutionary and rather use revolutionary because he feels that there's nothing new under the sun. He's one of the chief people that says nothing new is under the sun, and I agree with him. There is nothing new under the sun in the span of creation and the creation of life and the cycle of life. There is nothing new under the sun. However, there is garbage. However... There is something new above and beyond it. Yeah. There's something new above and beyond it. Bring me a water. Yeah. There's something new that's coming from beyond the sun, through the sun. And that would be the next. You know what I mean? That would be the next level. That is which is coming from beyond the sun into this atmosphere. And Barry Gordy's music was definitely part of that futuristic solar projection. His music definitely was that. This man was able to take, um, you know, soul music, elements of soul music, elements of blues, elements of a little jazz, a little bit of everything, and create a all-American sound that brought everybody together. See, because prior to Barry Gordy, you know, you had people, you know, Caucasians and other races of people, they didn't dance to the same type of music. They really didn't dance. So-called black people, bronze people, we had our music, we had our, you know, uh, our blues and jazz and our little bit of uh, um, early R&B like Ray Charles. We had a little bit. It was still a big color divide line and how people listened to the music. You know, you had black music and you had white music. You see, you know, most of the white music was nothing but corny ripoffs of black music. 
Because, you know, at that time, Caucasian white people, was, they didn't want to they didn't want to be seen listening, to, even though they listened to it anyway. But they didn't want it wasn't popular for white people to listen to music from black people. You know, in other words, they would have to damn near sneak and get the records and albums. and You know, they didn't want to just admit they like music from bronze people, from black people. They didn't want to admit that. You know, and like I said, black people had this, you know, this staple sound that was only for black people. Right, Barry Gordy's idea was to produce a music, a Motown sound that united everybody, and that's powerful. That's powerful. You know why that's powerful? Because Barry Gordy was able to tap in through tone, through frequency, to the minds of a young generation. That's why they kept saying music, a Motown is the music of young America. They kept saying it, and that was a powerful statement. Barry Gordy came up with that term. Motown is the music of young America. He didn't say the music of young black America or young white America. He said young America, period. Do you know what that means when a man like such as himself makes that statement, a bronze man? Do you know what that means? That's pure wizardry. I'm going to say that. N-Z-Z-N-Z-Z-N-144. That's pure wizardry. For a man to say, because Barry Gordy was a Freemason. He was. And for him to say that he is creating a sound for young America, not young black America, not young white America. Because you see them white kids dancing to Diana Ross and all that. They dancing to all that music, the Temptations, all that. Everybody like Motown. There's no place you can go on the planet and they don't know Motown. The Asians, the Caucasians, the East Indians, the blondes, the Africans, everybody know Motown. Arabs, everybody know a Motown song. As known a Motown artist. He was a man truly ahead of his time. He was definitely an evolutionary, a music evolutionary, not a revolutionary. Because, again, nothing he did has been repeated. I'm saying he didn't copy from nobody else. He created a Motown sound. He created a sound that was unique and that appealed to everybody. That's evolutionary. He was the first one that really created pop music. Let's just keep it real, because what is pop music today? Pop music is popular music that appeals to everybody. Barry Gordy created pop music, if you want to be technical about it. He's the father of pop music. Pop pop music is popular music that everybody likes to listen to. Tell me, Tell me that Motown wasn't that. In the 60s, they didn't have prior to the 60s in Motown. There was no music that black and white people just would listen to, and you see them dancing all together. They danced to all that stuff from Motown. That was an American sound. Why? Because it was created by an American man. And when I say an American man, Barry Gordy is by nationality an American, not an African American, but an American. Barry Gordy is definitely, Barry Gordy is definitely a Mesoamerican, Native American. He's definitely Mesoamerican, Native American. You see, definitely that. Even though he has some Caucasoid in his family, like some of us do, you know, unfortunately, the beast done touched our family um, bloodlines with him named Gordy come from, these Caucasians, unfortunately. Yeah, the beast done touched his bloodline, raped his way into our family like they always do, raped their way into our genetics through slavery, just forced themselves on our genetic material, you know. Hopefully that stain will come off of his bloodline as they keep staying with bronze people and, and staying with their own kind. But, you know, you know, Negro, they, they'll mix, you know, the Barry Gordy got enough bronze children, so they're going to darken their seed back up. They're going to purify their seed again, the Gordy seed. But, you know, you got a contingency of it that's, you know, you have some, some Caucasoid in it. And that happened because some Caucasian male, some grown Caucasian male, raped Barry Gordy's, raped uh, uh, his slave, a 15-year-old girl, grown-ass 
white male raped a 15-year-old bronze girl in slavery and got pregnant. And that's how the Gordy bloodline started. The name Gordy. You see? That's how it started. You know? Like a lot of our people, we have those rape genetics in our genes, and that's a little, not another reason why our people have that, that that degenerate behavior within that pedophile behavior, that rape culture, that incest culture, because that got pushed into our infused into our genetics by Caucasians, by these Caucasians on the slave plantations, these degenerate ass Caucasians who love to rape everything, who love to molest everything, who love to screw everything, man, woman, child, everything, animal. So, you know, unfortunately, that made it into his um, bloodline. May, may his bloodline be purified. But anyway, with, with, with a strong infusion of a real American, uh, uh, Mesoamerican blood again, which through his, his his daughter, Rhonda Gordy, it looks promising. She's a good sister, even though she's born of a bedwinch by Diana Ross, her mother a bedwinch, unfortunately. But whatever, I'm not going to get off into their personal thing. Barry Gordy was still a genius, and it had nothing to do with his Caucasian blood in him because there's no such thing as Caucasian blood. It's just recessive blood that obviously his dominating genetic material took over, you know what I'm saying, because he was an enterprising man. You see, he was an enterprising man. You see, when a man enterprising like that, when a man has the mentality to step up and do something that he, you know, saw himself doing, that's powerful because, again, you know, Barry Gordy, when he started out, he just started out writing songs. You saying he started out writing songs and trying to, you know, get his songs heard and stuff like that and doing what he was doing. He started out, you know, with the music and things like writing his music. And, you know, um, it wasn't, you know, he was getting ripped off by these Caucasians, you know, for um, copyright and, you know, just the, um, and for the, um, the, um, the publishing on his songs, you see. He told a story one time because I know he got some hell of a story. And I said, on my, if I ever, I ever want, you know, a person who I definitely wanted to meet, shake their hand, and just talk to them for a minute, was Mr. Barry Gordy. I hope to do that sometime before he passes on because I look at him as an elder. And a lot of people disagree. A lot of you Negroes disagree. I'm also going to do one on John H. Johnson because you know I'm going to do my iconic thing probably for uh, what I call Bronze History Month. I'm gonna create Bronze History Month. The hell with Black History Month. I'm gonna create Bronze History Month, and I'll probably do it in um, not February because I don't want to copy off of um, Black History Month and Bronze History Month. That'll probably be like June, the sixth month. You know, so I'll give you some. Um, you know, I'll touch on certain people who I, I I like. You know, what I'm saying might just do one person per month or two people per month. I'm not gonna do the whole month of. You know, all of them, because, you know, I don't want to be redundant and keep saying the same thing. So, you know, every so often I'll do something for Bronze History Month. You see, men, women, things like that. But, you know, it's more than just giving Mr. Barry Gordy his flowers and telling him about, you know, t- talking about how great he was in evolutionizing the music industry. You know, because, like I said, nobody ever came, was able to come up with a, uh, a international sound. I mean, of course, you have popular records and stuff like that. You have a one or two here and there popular record. But for the most part, there was divisions in music in which, you know, white people listen to this, black people listen to this. Barry Gordy was the first person who had a song where everybody was listening to the music. People, Everybody was sitting around, all them young kids, black, white, and everything. His, he, he was truly the soundtrack of, of America. He was just true that Barry Gordy had stuff on Smash. He was truly the, the, the he truly was producing the soundtrack of America. He gave America rhythm. He put 
put rhythm into America. You so-called white people didn't have no goddamn rhythm before Motown. Y'all was sitting around here listening to damn the Beach Boys and Pat Boone and all that white lame rip-off. You saying? Barry Gordy put a little rhythm in you crackers, man. He put a little rhythm in y'all asses, man. You know that. He put rhythm in your asses. And he also gave you he also gave you access to Negroes because a lot of y'all, you know, y'all was seeing them. Y'all start being all mesmerized by, by black entertainers. And next thing you know, a lot of y'all, your women wanted to lay down with black men, you know. And, uh, and black and the white and, and white men, black women, all that that started that music, and that's one of the biggest things that the Caucasian racists they feared the most. They know that once our kids, you know, once our white children start listening to that black and jungle music, they gonna want to lay with some niggas, and that's just what happened. <laughs> that's just what happened. You know, I can tell. Uh, uh, all the temptations, they stayed taking white groupies home and wherever they was at. They stayed taking a truckload of white girls to the hotel room. Y'all know how it go. So, being that this man was instrumental and um, being that he was instrumental in uh, uh, getting, you know, presenting sounds and artists like people who still, when I look at how Barry Gordy, you know, how he marketed these people, this man was not only just a musical genius, he was a marketing genius. How he marketed the Temptations, how he marketed the Four Tops, how he marketed the Supremes, how he marketed Martin the Vandell, how he marketed Marvin Gaye. He marketed all these people like they were goddamn stars. He made project niggas stars. That man transformed project niggas and hoes into stars. Country corn on the cob ass niggas into stars. Pork eating and, and hoes and bots out the projects like Diana Ross, allegedly. But not allegedly, but you was a thought, Diana Ross, allegedly. From the Brewster Projects. You know how you was getting down in the Brewster Projects, Diana. Diane. You know? You made that ass made his way around Motel, but it is what it is. You was the thought of your day. You know, allegedly. So, you know, he made these people popular. He gave these people presence. Listen to the names, the Supremes, the Temptations, the Four Tops. Them the names of class, man. He made our people godlike in the sight of America, inside of the world. Marvin Gaye. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. The Jackson Five. All these people came through Motown. Tina Marie. Rick James, and even in the 80s, the Barge, all of these people came through Motown. The Silvers. Michael J. Wouldn't be Stevie Wonder. All of them came through Motown. That man unleashed stars into the atmosphere. That's a wizard. God damn it, that's a wizard. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, that was a wizard right there. You see, respect to Barry Gordy, man. I sit down and grip him up. He know, I grip him up, he know, I shake his hand, he know what it is. I'm giving him his props. You see, definitely would love to meet Mr. Barry Gordy. You see, hope he wouldn't be an old coon, though. I don't want to be disappointed, I hope he wouldn't be an old coon. But I don't feel he'd be an old coon. You know what I'm saying? I would hope he wouldn't, I hope he wouldn't. I, 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 would, I would defer from that meeting, because I don't want to be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Hey, he'd be an old Sambo. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Smokey Robinson, he was only Smokey Robinson in the miracles. Don't let me forget some of the most brilliant writers he put out there in the world. You see, 
Hell, I, Smokey Robinson wanted him as a keep it real nigga. You know what I'm saying? Keep a 100 nigga. Smokey Robinson, old 100 nigga. You know what I'm saying? You know? He was out there in the 80s and whatnot. He's running around the 80s smoking crack and whatnot. No, it's allegedly, but it's not allegedly. He was out there. Allegedly, he said it himself. He was out there laying up with dying the world. They was being real niggas up there. Being real, being real niggerish up there. But uh, allegedly, but not allegedly, but allegedly. You know, and, and they, he was able to t- still take that ghetto mess and that ghetto nigga madness and turn it into, and, and turn it and convert it into some old, you know, next level epic type like type of thing. I would love to do a real, real, real biography on uh, um, actors on Motown. Because, see, they always sanitize the shit. That's why I couldn't see the plays. They want to sanitize. I don't want to read. I don't want to hear Barry Gordy sanitize what happened with Motown. I don't want to hear the raw and uncut shit of what they really do. Because I heard some of it. I know some of it. You know, niggas ain't never that clean. Not even me. Hell, I ain't. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, look what he's able to produce from it. Look what he was able to produce from it. You see? You see? So he was pushing out a frequency, a supreme frequency, a high-level frequency. He was. And like I said, his music was bringing people together. You see, and that's what the Caucasian races feared the most. They hated that, that his music brought people together, you see, because the, and back in the 50s and the 40s and the 30s, they had the color lines. You couldn't go to the same clubs, listen to the same music as bronze people. They white children wanted to listen to that black music and whatnot, but they wanted to make sure their kids wasn't listening to no jazz and no and no blues and all this other stuff, even though that's what they were listening to. You know what I'm saying? You know, what was the other alternative? <laughs> Some country white shit? Nothing. You know what I mean? Hell, they had they had Nat King Cole out there. Nat King Cole came down south. Them white girls, loved, they loved Nat King Cole. He was a cold, dark-skinned um, bronze man, and he had a damn permanent head. Them Ku Klux Klan, he got on stage and was singing to them, singing to the audience, and you know they had to love him to bring him down there, and this was racist stuff. Man, them, them crackers pulled him off of the stage and beat the shit out of Nat King Cole and sent him to the hospital for a week. They beat the black off that nigga. Bronze off that nigga. Excuse me, they had to beat the bronze off that nigga. And sent him to the hospital. That's how they was. Like, in other words, we're going to invite you down here and our women love you, but nigga, you're going to pay for all women loving you. Nigga, you're going to pay for that. You see, all the stuff they had to go through with the, or going to these tours in Motown, they got some stories, man. You know? So, you know, it's a testament to the things that go on in the world. You know, with racism and things like that. And Barry Gordy helped change a lot of things, man. He helped through his music. You know, just, just you know, having people start to look at each other as people, you know. Having people just look at each other as people in the world. And and people, when, you know, people usually, when they see similarities in each other, like, hey, we like this music, you like this music, I like this music, we like the same, we like this music. So just by having people... Look to look at what their similarities are. It makes them forget about start, gradually what their differences are. You follow what I'm saying? People start to look more at their similarities. People know. I'm not saying we're the same as the humans, but what I am saying is we like a lot of the music. We like the same music. We like that. We, everybody, nobody, I don't care what, nobody's going to say they don't like Motown music. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to say, I don't care who it is. You could be an old, a uh, 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 90-year-old white man. Or a 15-year-old black girl, you're going to like Motown. You play some of that music, you're going to like it. 
because that's what that's that that music stands the test of time because you had real people, real musicians produce the music. Unlike today with these rap niggas, man. You know, I'm going off on a little rant here. Nothing like you, you niggas call yourself producers. The only one I give give props to is a real hip hop producer is DJ Premier. That's the only one I give credit to because he'll take re- existing music and he'll blend it all together and he'll create a whole other sound. You niggas will rip off a whole damn song and rap over to you produce something. That's not product. That's not produ- production. You see, that took no kind of that took no kind of creativity for a man to be able to do that. But Barry Gordy. He took blends of soul, he took blends of blues, R&B, and created a pop sound out of it. He was even genius in putting Diana Ross out in the front. That was a genius move. Because when he started, when the Supreme started up, he had Florence Ballard. He had, it was like four girls, four or five girls, and they, two of them dropped out. So then it ended up being Diane, Diane Ross, you know, Diana Ross, Florence Ballard, and what's the other chick's name? Um, uh... It escapes me. Who's the third Supreme? I know Florence Ballard, Diana Ross, and um, uh, she just died not too long ago. She was pretty too, even though she was a bed wench too. You know what I mean? Uh, I forget what her name is. It'll come. It'll come. Somebody looking it up for me. Ma- yeah, what's Mary? Mary who? Mary? Not, no, not Mary Wilson. No, that's not. Who was the third Supreme? It was Diana Ross. It was Florence Ballard. Who was the third one? No, 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 not Cindy Bird's song. The third one, what's her name? She just died not too long ago. Not Mary Wells. Mary Wells was a, it was a, um, she was a solo singer. No, what's her name? Who was the third Supreme? Mary, it was, it was Diana Ross, Florence Ballard. I forget what her name is, but anyway, not, Huh? I can't believe y'all y'all can't find this name. But anyway, y'all it'll come up in a thing. Not Mary Wells. It's not Mary Wells. Stop saying Mary Wells. Not Mary Wilson. Now y'all y'all saying okay. When y'all get it, y'all just tell me it because I know that when y'all say it, it, it'll come to me. Her name stuck on the tip of my tongue. She just died not too long ago. She was a very pretty woman. Very pretty. All the way up until she got old, she was pretty. But anyway, uh uh um. Was it Mary Wilson? I don't think it was Mary Wilson. I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm. You know. I. I. I guess it's Mary Wilson. I, I'm. I'm. I'm knowing something else. But anyway, was it Mary Wilson? Mary Wilson. Okay. She died at seventy-six. Mary Wilson. Right. Even though I, I can swear it was something else. But anyway. Yeah. Mary Wilson. Uh. Florence Ballard and Diana Ross. Right. Okay. Mary Wilson. Y'all saying Mar- 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 Mary Wells or whatever. Whatever. But anyway. Barry Gordy was smart enough because the better singer in the group of the Supremes was uh, um, Florence Ballard. She was the better singer. She had a real deep soul voice, right? Her voice was better than Diana Ross, you know, as far as the sound go. Diana Ross had a light, poppy voice. He had enough. He had enough of a, you know, to understand, look. You know, to have this, to have this Diana Ross, she had a light, poppy voice. Everybody thought Florence Ballard was going to be. He said, no, I don't want to produce soul music. I want to produce pop music that is soulful. You see, that was the, that was the infusion of soul into pop music. That, that took genius. That took mastery. He, and he unleashed soul. He put soul as the foundation of pop music. He was building a pop house, a pop music house with a soul foundation. 
So he basically wanted Mary. He wanted he wanted Diana Ross to be the front voice because you know white people love them white airy poppy voices and stuff like that. And he used them as the foundation, the background, as the soul. So that was a genius within himself to do that. You see, he made sure that all the temptations he gave he gave Diana, Mary Gordy is responsible for the modern day um, boy bands of, of today. He's saying the look of the boy bands, new edition, force MDs, all that, even in sync, all that come from the temptations, man. All that come from the temptations, the four tops, having guys who look uniformed and dressed and were like the temptations. Like somebody said this, he said these guys was like they was out of central casting for a damn movie, like they was, he was casting stars. Like Barry Gordy, if you was ugly, he wasn't going to take you as an artist. George Clinton told the story when, when he was before he started Parliament Funkadelic. He came in as the Parliament. They was going to be a duop group like the Temptations and them. See, it's good to hear all these stories. He said before he did the Parliament P Funk thing before he did his own thing, which was I'll get on him in a minute. He was a genius too. Uh, um, um, uh, George Clinton. But he said they came in there in the '60s. Him and his little group of dusty niggas. They had their perms, they conks in their head like them niggas were. They was conked out. Had they niggas processed? Them niggas came in there and they were singing. And Barry Gordy told them, "Y'all niggas too ugly to be. <laughs> get out of here." <laughs> they told them, "Just like you niggas too ugly, you say you niggas get out of here." You know what I'm saying? And George Clinton kept it real, but of course he went on. That was meant to happen because he went on. He wasn't supposed to. He went on and did, did some next level shit in the '70s. Parliament Funkadelic. Shout out to George Clinton. Met him. He an old school G nigga. I met him. He's an old school nigga. He a real. He real niggerish. He was right up my alley when I was talking to him when I met him at the Red Bull Music Festival in 2014. He was right up my alley. I wish I still had them pictures. I told him I was going to do a different sound. He, I said, heavy mental, get ready for it. He said, heavy mental, huh? I said, yeah. So he was like, so like, but that just went to show you about Barry Gordy. He was all about looks, the looks, because the, the temptation, all them guys oh, six, over six feet. He ain't had no short niggas in the temptations because he knew aesthetically it wouldn't look correct. They made sure that when they had the women, the women was all the same height. They ain't had no fat, dumpy looking one, and all the two of them look slim. You know, you look like you got a like you got a damn hundred and ten symbol there. You know what I'm saying? He had everybody looking like ones. Everybody was lean. Everybody was together. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was dressed immaculately. You see, he made them he made them niggas take damn uh, 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 etiquette lessons from a bronze woman. You know how many people Barry Gordy employed? Dancers, old dancers from the old days. He had them do the choreography. The guy, what's his name, something Hines, I forget what his name was. He had, he had this guy do the choreography. Barry Gordy hired black people, bronze people. He hired his own people, you know. And of course, he hired the Jews and the Caucasians where he needed them to get business done. He put them in, he worked, he, put, he worked them too. You know, he that's what the that's what the genius do. He ain't concerned about race, he's concerned about getting things done. You know, so that that you know, he was able to and he turned Motown into a damn assembly line. His whole inspiration from working back in Detroit in the and the Ford plant was to produce an artist like producing uh, um from an assembly line. In other words, you go through the Motown machine. If they said you got talent, you had to look. They put you through um, 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 talking lessons, walking lessons, and all of this stuff. If you look at Diana Ross now, you see how she talk. She talk like she got class. She know how to walk. She know how to carry herself. That's because of Barry Gordy. Diana Ross was a project hood rat. You see, she was. Right after Bruce Hahn, Mary Wilson, all of them. 
They was Project Hood rats. And it's like Barry Gordy put them in a make put them through a makeover. You see, he remade these chicks. So when and he changed her name, he made her become from she took her from Diane Ross to Diana Ross. You see? So he knew aesthetically what looked right. You see, he changed people's names and gave them better better recording names and stuff like that would look better on record. See, he had the insight to do that. He matched up people like groups. He made sure, oh, yo, I want all you guys to be slim and oh, a certain height. You know what I'm saying? It looks better. It looks uniformed. You see, he saw all these things. You see, he created a panel of people to listen to the music, and it was like it was the same way as like you know uh, uh, people judging a uh, judge. Like hell, he was the first one. And let's just be real. What Barry Gordy was doing, how he had uh, um, people, just white and black, he had a, a team of people, black and white, that worked for the company that would hear the music first, and they would judge. He would say, if you had, if you was down to your last uh, $2, and you and you know back in the day records was cheap, $2, you know, if you was down to your last $2, would you buy a sandwich or would you buy this record? And they, they'd be like, the, the, the sandwich or the record, you know what I mean? That's how he did stuff. He had black and white people listening to it. They call that quality control. You see, that's masterful. Then you know, ain't that the foundation for uh uh, uh um what's the uh, um the thing with the white dude who listened to the artists and whatnot? Uh uh, what's that uh um what's them shows where they listen to the artists sing or whatever the case may be, and they judge them, even though you had like the Apollo. But I'm talking about recording artists. He was doing that in recording. Artists. Was that um America's Got Talent and all this other stuff? That's the foundation for that. So Barry Gordy was the evolutionized a lot of things in the music industry, but they don't give him his props because he a bronze man. He was the best record man in the in the on the uh, 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 in, on the planet. Be honest with you, he was the best record man on the planet. Not only not because of the things he brought into the music industry, because prior to that time, the recording companies they didn't give a damn about how they artists was like looking and dressing. A lot of these niggas look half raggedy coming up there singing, niggas teeth missing, all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Barry Gordy made sure you're going to get your teeth fixed. You know what I'm saying? You was looking right. You had to get in shape. You couldn't go up there representing Motown looking any kind of way. Because, see, Barry Gordy was trying to build stars that would last forever. See, people get on Barry Gordy to my, oh, yeah, see, Barry Gordy, he was he's ripping off people royalties and whatever. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Because you got to think for a minute. He had people on payroll. He was paying. He would just give them stiping and whatnot. When they would, for, for, for as many hit records, as many records, hit records they put out, it was a lot of records they didn't hit. So he would lose money on the records they didn't hit. He had to recoup some way. Because let's say he putting all this money into you, he put a record out, and the record don't go nowhere. Who takes the loss? The company. So you got to take a loss. Everybody taking a loss. When the record hit, you, you everybody got paid. Niggas was driving brand new Cadillacs, you know. Niggas was buying brand new houses and whatnot. And not just that, because they put down that whole Barry Gordy. When you are producing music like that, when you producing hits, Barry Gordy and this Motown machine behind you is producing hits like that, you could go out and the, and the record become popular. You could go out and tour all over the world. That's money for you. Why, hell, Donna Ross still tour for Motown shit. The little niggas who half them niggas dead, they don't replace new members in the temptation. The only one still alive is, uh, is Otis Williams. He got young, all them other niggas is dead in the group. He got young niggas replacing. He got there was old ass with young niggas there, and they still getting money off the shit they did. So miss me with the old Barry Gordy got all of them. You niggas was still making money. You the, the, the niggas was still eating. 
hell, them nigga David Ruffin and them before he died in the damn crack house. This nigga had had they had millions of dollars in dates for racked up. This nigga wanna smoke crack in the crack house. He's on very uh, them, all Motown artists. They could make money right now. They can go anywhere. They can go to Asia. They can go across the seas. They Britain, London, and set up a Motown review and make a piss pot full of money. But Barry Gordy robbed y'all, though, right? He made you niggas big. And see that people say stuff like that because they're not futuristic and they thinking. They're not futuristic. He built a machine, man. Put some respect on Barry Gordy name. A lot of you niggas were talking shit about Barry Gordy, man. A lot of you niggas are, eh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. You know how that's basically that crab in the bow mentality. Like that nigga Petey Green out of D.C. in the 70s talking shit about Barry Gordy, coon-ass nigga. A lot of times, and I'm going to get on you niggas tomorrow. A lot of you coon niggas like, like a Whoopi Goldberg or a Dave Chappelle. I'm going to get on. That's the show tomorrow, man. I'm going to get on you niggas who talk all that nigga, yeah, black shit, but y'all really sleep white. You really love Whitey. You doing your black act, your black routine like the nigga Petey Green did. How are you going to shit on Barry Gordy? Run that cut just for a little bit. How you gonna shit on Barry Gordy? This man was a master, man. You go even if you ain't like the man, you gotta admire his business acumen, man. He was a hell of a and, and these Caucasians was hating on Barry Gordy. They hated on Barry Gordy. They were straight disrespecting Barry Gordy. You see, when he wanted to take Motown into into the film industry in the seventies, you know all the hell he got from the old Jews and the fucking and uh, uh, fucking Hollywood. He made lady. He directed and made Lady Sings the Blues, and he tried to get it distributed under uh, a Paramount Warner picture, and they was giving him hell about that. He had to go and buy back. He had to go. They was like they didn't even know who Barry Gordy. A lot of them still they didn't know who Barry Gordy was. You know, they didn't recognize him. Or they act like they didn't know who he was. But they tried to tell him though know, they own the rights to Prince and whatnot for the film he was doing. Lady Sings the Blues. He said, "Well, how much it cost to buy the film print back?" They told him $2 million because they know back in the Senate, no, no nigga got $2 million. Barry Gordy wrote them a check for $2 million. And he bought the rights to uh, um, Lady Sings the Blues. He produced Lady Sings the Blues. He produced, uh, uh, um, uh, what's that movie with, uh, with his girlfriend, Diana? She was in Lady Sings the Blues. You know, that was his woman. And I think, uh, uh, I think they, they had to do it with the Wiz. And what's the other one she did with Billy D. Williams? Uh, 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 on that, um, wait a minute, um, uh, what was the movie she did um, with the song? Do you know where you going to? It was Lady Sings the Blues, and what was the other one? What was the other one she did? Yeah, America's Got Time. But what's the other movie that um, that she did with with um, Billy D. Williams? Mahogany. Thank you, Mahogany. Barry Gordy produced those and directed them. So he was trying to do a Motown Pictures. He tried to do a Motown Pictures. But you know Hollywood back then, they ain't really want that. He, you know, he, he didn't know where to take. He should have done Motown Pictures. He was trying to get off into film production, Motown Pictures. He started Motown Industries. He was trying to get off more into, into, more, into, into a lot of, um, a lot of uh, uh, media stuff, not just music. You see, so that man was very enterprising. He made himself a multimillionaire, you see. And it's a shame that more bronze people didn't support Motown. When he ended up selling in the 80s, he sold Motown and whatnot, because he talked about it in his book how Mo, a lot of Bronx was like, oh, you can't sell Motown. That's you know that's our heritage. That's our, But if that's the case, and even Minister Farrakhan said it's all Barry Gordy tried to convince him not to sell Motown and stuff like that. But, okay, why y'all didn't say, okay, well, why don't we get some money together and we buy Motown from Barry Gordy collectively? 
This man's hemorrhaging cash, trying to stay, keep his doors open and whatnot. He's hemorrhaging cash and losing money. So why don't y'all say, you know what? We want to buy the rights to Motown. We're going to get together a conglomerate of bronze people. Minister Farrakhan can let him. We're going to buy Motown. We're going to buy up your publishing rights. We're going to raise the money. Because, again, all Barry Gordy sold the shit for was $60 million. I don't know how much he sold the publish for, if he still got the But his publishing is sick. All the, all the publishing he owned, which I'm pretty sure he sold. But he got he only got sixty million dollars for the company, which was nothing. That was nothing. He paid sixty. He got sixty-one million dollars. I think Universal one of them boys. You know the Caucasian. They don't care about that. They ain't nothing to them. They just they, they just wanted the nigga to stop making music. They wanted to buy up all of his work. That's what they do. They wanted to buy his legacy. So if them people, you like you Negroes, said, "Well, you shouldn't have sold Motown." Y'all should have got together and said, "We gonna buy Motown." We're going to buy it. We're going to buy the publishing and whack up the name and do all this other stuff. We're going to keep the money ourselves, and we're going to keep it going. Because that publishing is worth billions and billions of dollars. You see? And, again, instead of celebrating great men, instead of celebrating great men like this, geniuses, like I said, whether you don't like Barry Gordy as a person, half you people don't even know Barry Gordy, which what it is that you really don't like is how dare this nigga be, be successful. He's supposed to be down and out and down and down trotting like us. He's supposed to be complaining about the white man all the time. How dare that nigga make money and do it and use black people to do it. He got to be scamming people. That's what y'all do. That's what you do. Tariq Nasheed, you probably gonna make a, a video about you gonna start talking about Barry Gordy soon too, right? Like how you did about Elijah Muhammad after me. But anyway, whatever. whatever. All right. So you know we gotta get out of that mentality, man. This is not just you know uh, giving you know giving props to Barry Gordy, which I do all the time. This is not just giving props to him. We gotta get out of that mindset of just taking a dump on our own people, man. You saying, you know, let's recognize genius for genius, man. That's what I'm about. I don't care. You know, if you a scumbag, you a scumbag. If you a genius, you're a genius I'm going to give you your props. I don't care which color you are. I give it to the people for being pioneer and the Caucasians who are certain things they pioneer as far as business and oil and doing things, man. Certain things they pioneer. I give them props what props they do. I give everybody props what they deserve. And I, and I crap on the people who deserve to get crapped on. You see? Simple as that. You know, it is what it is. Barry Gordy was an icon and a genius. I will never call that man an icon like I would do other people. That man was an American, uh, an American icon, a Mesoamerican icon. He was a Native American, a real American. That's why he was able to produce an American sound. That's why he saw the bigger picture of America and producing the music that everybody would like. You see? He produced a sound that everybody would like, and I do. I think about that in my work all the time. You know, I think about that in my work all the time. You know, I want to produce stuff that everybody's going to purchase, even in Unlimited. I, I do stuff that everybody's going to like. I sell that. I don't just sell to black people. I don't sell. I sell to everybody. Anybody's interested. I'm never going to turn away a dollar. And it's not even just about the money. It's about the exposure because a true master wants to influence everybody. Even in mental, like people might say, you know, my message is, but look how many different people listen to my message. The message is really for the bright ones, the bright race, but of course, everybody beneath the bright race, which is pretty much everybody, going to listen to the message. You see, everybody going to try and reach to something higher or want to be shocked by something. That's another reason why, you know, mental, like it's so, and I'm going to do a broadcast on it, the illuminating. Uh, 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 energy of mental and why it's so shocking and jolting, even with the language I use, because I'm just so goddamn open. 
You see, I'm 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 the type of I'm the type of teacher and leader that's just so open book, just so like out there and just and being just being real. I don't have to be like I don't I didn't never want to be like Elijah Muhammad. I didn't want to be like Doctor York. I didn't want to be like Minister Farrakhan. I didn't want and you know just just by myself. I wanted to be who I was. The same raw and uncut personality I got in my life, you know what I'm saying, that I developed is the same energy I brought to this. And same thing with Barry Gordy. He always thought about influencing everybody. He wasn't trying to make black music. He was trying to make American music that influenced everybody. And everybody liked Motown. That's props, man. You got everybody liking it. The, the, you know, the whole thing is, again, it's not that you're trying to because people say, oh, you're being a crossover, you're trying to sell out, you want white people. No, man, you want everybody to listen to your stuff. You see, when the white man do business, he ain't saying, oh, I only want white people to buy my stuff. He ain't saying that. He don't say, I just want white money. Now, he might just use white faces to promote his stuff, but he know it don't matter what face. He'll throw a black face in there or whatever from time to time, but he want all the money. They want all the money. They want to control all avenues of it, you see. And people didn't understand that. That's how Barry Gordy thought. He thought like a real businessman. A real businessman ain't trying to just market to a certain um, group of people. Now, if a certain people, group of people tend to gravitate towards it, then oh well, you see. Like, same thing with mental. Like, I knew people would eventually, just because of the controversial tone of mental, like, and the things I say and the way in which I express them, I knew a lot of people would eventually, I didn't, that wasn't the intention, but I knew that everybody would trickle in and listen to mental, like, and because they could come here and say, oh, well, damn, he ain't pro-black. He ain't anti-white. He's, he's, I'm pro-bright. I'm pro-reality. That's what I consider myself to be pro-bright, pro-reality. Pro pro uh, pro reality and pro bright. That's what I consider myself to be. I'm not pro black or pro white. I'm pro truth, pro reality. Everything I say is based in reality. Everything. And Barry Gordy based his sound, his Motown sound. He he created a sound that was called the Motown sound. Now here, this man, hey, what 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 um, record company you know got a Motown got got its own sound that's credited to the company. There's a Motown sound, meaning certain music. If, if somebody tried to copy and do that kind of music, oh, you're doing that Motown type of sound. You see, he created a signature sound for his artists that everybody loved. That's powerful. I, I like stuff like that. I like pioneers. I like people that do stuff and flip stuff and, and you know, and evolutionize and bring something next to the game. I love that. I consider myself to be that in how I present mental. Like, you ain't never heard nobody like me before and, and express things like I do and feel comfortable with it. I made sure just, again, I'm, I'm parallel with myself with Mr. Barry Gordy because I consider myself an evolutionary in, in, in the teaching of, in the, in the teaching of intel, in, in, in the expression of intelligence. I consider myself an evolutionary in the expression of intelligence and logic and rational thinking. You see what I'm saying? I consider myself that who, if not, who else? Because everybody had this cookie-cutter way of trying to teach, you know, you can't talk like this, you can't say that, you can't, you know, you can't, you know, when, when you're talking, you can't use profanity, you can't, you can't uh, uh, swear, you can't, you can't, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, whatever, you know. You see, there's a cookie-cutter way that the teacher's taught. Then there's the new Benjamin Carre's method. 
There's, I, I call it the Nubin Minkare's way, the Nubin Minkare's method, which is raw and uncut. They say, say, re, say the realest shit in the rawest way. That's my formula. Say the realest shit in the rawest way. The Nubin Minkare's formula. I'm pretty sure we're going to have some copycats later on because that's what copycats do. But you already know who was the first one to pioneer, evolutionize, saying the realest things in the rawest ways. You see? And Barry Gordy, he produced the realest music, the rawest and most strongest sound and tone and vibration in the realest way because it came from And that was a man who's a music lover. Barry Gordy was a songwriter. You see? And he wrote some good songs. There's one song he wrote early on for the Temptations called um, Dream Come True. You can listen to that song right now. You'd be like, that shit is dope. That shit was written in the 50s, the early 60s. That shit is dope. Right now. I still got it on my, sound, my, my track of music I listen to. It's called Dream Come True. In fact, um, I'll put it in, the, uh, in my shop. can listen to it. That song is still, like I said, real music stands the test of time, man. So shout out to you. I, I wish I had it up here. Uh, uh, Dream come true. He got. Did he got? Um, let me see. Uh, I got one of his songs. It's called Money. Uh, that's what I want. Let me see. I'm gonna play that real quick. Yeah, hold on. Barry Gordy. He wrote it for Barry Barrett Strong. Money. That's what I want. He wrote it for a singer called Barrett Strong. I'm going to play this right now, and then I'm gonna get, we're going to go into a break. We'll be right back. You can give them to the birds and bees. I need some. 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 I need some.
and, and we're back. So, again, Mr. Barry Gordy definitely deserves to have some respect put on his name. Definitely. And a lot of you niggas don't put respect on his, his name. Y'all talking about all these people like your um, P. Diddy's and your um, Quincy Jones and, and, and Clarence Avon. Bunch of motherfuckers who look like who, who basically bent over and grabbed their ankles. I ain't never heard nothing about Barry Gordy bending over and grabbing his fucking ankles. Raw and uncut. I ain't never heard about Barry Gordy bending over and grabbing his ankles. You see? Or getting on his knees to some goddamn Caucasian uh, in a damn in a damn record company office. Allegedly. I'm not saying about these guys, but allegedly. But not so allegedly, but allegedly. You know? He always stood up like a man. That's another thing I respected about Barry Gordy. He had plenty of women. You know? He got plenty of children. I ain't never heard no off, no off-ass uh, LGBT tales of Barry Gordy. You see, so I already that's my kind of nigga. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to him, I call him a nigga, but you know what I'm saying. That's my kind of man. I'm being funny, be street talk. You know, that's my kind of man, a man's man, a real man. He like women, just women. You see, he ain't he ain't he ain't coming over as a bend over boy. You know what I'm saying? To do do whatever he got to do to get by and get by, get, get some crumbs off the table. You see, so I got nothing but respect for real men. You see, so you don't see, and you notice you never see Barry Gordy in that group of, when these niggas, they little fraternal group of niggas, where you see your Jay Z's and your P Diddy's and your Clarence Avons and your Quincy Jones and that whole fraternity of record negroes. You see, you see Barry Gordy, he's staying by himself. He's staying in the crowd. He never with them niggas. You see, because that, that lets you know, because the people, you, you gravitate toward people you like. So when you see a certain group of niggas always together, drinking and celebrating and, you know, Lord knows what else the night before that, you know, you, you get to see what, 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 what the hell, what it really is. You see, you get to see what it really is. So think about that. I, I respect Barry Gordy for being his own man because, see, when building stuff like that in a time where he built Motown Records, you know, when, and, and racist America, which America is pretty racist all the time, but for that man in that time to build a company that like that that had that much impact for him to break through and build something like that, I don't want to hear nothing about when niggas talking about we can't do, we can't do this, we can't do that. You know, you don't want to do it because you don't want to do things without the assistance of Caucasian people, without the assistance of white people. Where there's a will, there's always a way. Barry Gordy proved that. And people like Barry Gordy not celebrated enough. People like Barry Gordy, John H. Johnson, who started Ebony and Jet and, and, and all that. And it's a shame what his family allowed to happen to his damn magazine. That's a shame what they allowed to happen to Ebony Magazine, Jet Magazine. That's a shame what they allowed to happen to that. You see, that legacy just up in, up in smoke. You know, even though you don't really, it's really not no real people to put on Ebony and Jet these days because, you know, the level of who they call celebrities nowadays, the level of celebrities done tanked over. They done got people who straight garbage who they just call celebrities. You see, it ain't really that much people to put on these magazines that nobody be interested in. I, when I seen NeNe leaks on damn Ebony, I was like, oh, there you go. that's the end of that. You see, you know. Well, I see Nene leaks and you know, uh, uh, um, you know some them 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 um, hip hop them hip hop uh them h- hip hop uh, uh 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 
hoes from somewhere being on the magazine. That's the end of that. Yeah, oh, well. I think they even had damn Amber Rose on Ebony, if I'm not mistaken. You know, that was that was pretty much the end of that. You see, but Barry Gordy's music lives on. His music lives on. His legacy lives on. And when that man leaves the earth, he lived a full, rich life. That man in his 90s right now still playing tennis. He's still playing tennis. The man that went vegan. He said he don't eat meat no more. He said he lost all that weight. And that man, he said he played tennis every day in his 90s. You see, that's a testament to a man who lived a good and rich life, man. You see? That's a testament to a man. And I hope his family, when his time comes, they give that man a burial befitting of his life. Bury him in a mausoleum, a huge mausoleum with the name Gordy on it. Bury Gordy or just Gordy on it. You know what I'm saying? Even though I hate, you know, uh, that he had to take the name from a Caucasian. But, you know, just put the Gordy name on it. You know and uh, um, have his his close relatives put in that mausoleum with him. I hope they have enough uh, enough respect to uh, honor this man in death and by putting his body in a mausoleum. And even though the, the people in the Nation of Islam, I don't think they put the Alamboy Elijah Muhammad in the mausoleum, they were supposed to bury him like a pharaoh, man, because they supposed to get the pharaoh treatment. You're supposed to put your icons in mausoleums. You don't bury them in the ground like common people. You don't burn them like, like garbage. You you show respect to their physical vessel, in life and in death. You see, that's something you niggas have a problem with. I think Barry, I think the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is putting the damn ground somewhere. He's supposed to be in a mausoleum, and his and and and, and his wives, and his children. They should be in a mausoleum somewhere. His family should be in a mausoleum with the name Muhammad on it. You see. And people should be able to go and see that mausoleum and have pictures of his face on it. Look like a damn like a Egyptian tomb with pictures of his face from from the time he was born. And, shit. and, I, and I definitely want that for my mausoleum. I want my mausoleum when that time come. Hopefully, years and years and years. Which you know, I got to do my you know finish up my um thing, finish up my uh, uh, mission. I want pictures of my mausoleum on my walls from my birth to my life as a grown man to the time of me an old man to me teaching to my children being born. I want my life ingrained in stone in my mausoleum and on it Mencares. You see, that's a testament. And you know what I want going on in my mausoleum? I want people to come in, sit down on the sit down and be comfortable, listen to jazz music. When my vaults is all, all the vaults is put up, listen to jazz music, listen to the smell of, smell the smell of incense and marijuana burning, and jazz music playing, and that's when you know you're in my house. That's what I want. I want flowers all, all planted by my children. I want music playing, the jazz and all kind of music I like, and marijuana and incense burning. That's how you, that's how you honor uh, somebody in death. You don't put them in the ground like a common person. And you and he helped Barry Gordy family got enough money to make sure he in the mausoleum held them old Italian mobsters like Lucky Luciano, Vito Genovese, and all them. They 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 buried themselves like kings, man. They put their bodies in mausoleums, not in no ground. They didn't burn themselves. That's blasphemy. You don't burn and dishonor people and bury them like commoners, like regular people, people who've done great things, man. You see. That's how you honor people in life and in death. 
Barry Gordy definitely deserves to be honored in life and in death. You see? A job well done. You see? But see, a lot of y'all, like I said, y'all don't think of bronze people that way. You don't think of, you know, real people who were assets to us. You don't see that. You don't recognize greatness. Well, I do. I recognize greatness. I recognize greatness. He did something that no man was able to do, and that is produce a sound and music that captivated everyone, everyone. You see, that not only took the that not only took the um, the bringing together of talent because Barry Gordy took all types of people from every place and put them together. That's also the mind of a genius. When you're able to take talented people who would otherwise be probably somewhere doing nothing with their talent, and you take these people and you you put them on and pray, put make them a part of your machine and make your machine run right. You see, that's what you do. You know, like the guy who started Apple, what's his name, Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs was instrumental in taking a bunch of computer nerds, a bunch of computer geeks. He wasn't no computer nerd, no computer geek. He took a bunch of computer nerds and geeks and put all these guys together, a bunch of guys who probably couldn't get laid if, you know, if they had money. All they cared about was computers. He took them computer nerds who all they wanted to do is fumble with computers. He put these guys together, and he, and he used them to build Apple. You see, that's what businessmen, that's what real businessmen and visionaries do. And Barry Gordy took a bunch of musicians, old jazz musicians, old burnt-out dancers and jazz musicians and stuff like that. Old, you know what I'm saying? Uh, old bunch, bunch of old wine, wine old heads, bunch of wine heads, a bunch of coke heads, a bunch of dope fiends and everything else. He took a little bit of everything, had them up in Motown, and he made that shit work. Cause, but they had talent. They was good musicians. They was good everything. He got the best musicians. He went everywhere to find the best musicians to produce that sound. You see, one of the best, one of the damn best bass players in the world. But they don't know even talk about James Jameson. A brother by the name of James Jameson, he came through Motown, right? James Jameson, he played the bass on most of all your top ten Motown, all the stuff you know that got bass in it that was coming out of Motown from the Supremes, the Temptations. He played that line from My Girl, which came was written by Smokey Robinson. He took Smokey Robinson, who was not just a singer, but he took he he recognized people as good songwriters. That that boom 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 boom. That 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 bass line, that's James Jameson all over that. You see, he took talented people and made them names for himself. And James Jameson, you know, he was alcoholic and everything else. That that man was such a G. He'd come in the damn studio drunk as a skunk and be drunk and still be playing in tune with the music. That's how good he was. And wouldn't miss a beat. Be drunk, they would have him laying on his back. And he'd be drunk, he couldn't stand up, and he's still playing the music. Drunk. And not missing a beat. That's talent. Drunk as a skunk. Hungover. So what that tell you? You take talented people and whatnot, and you know how to take those people, and you made, and you put all them people together. He Exactly. He made them professional musicians. They talk about this thing about, oh, the Motown, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Funk Brothers in Motown and whatnot. Man, those was nothing but people that Barry Gordy gathered, white boys, some white people, some black. He gathered musicians that was the best, and he put them on those records, man. Because, you know, see, one musician may not be. Some musicians possess things that other musicians don't. You see, some musicians possess things that other musicians don't. Some musicians, you know, might play a tune a little bit, add something to it. 
you'll hear this person's bass flow might be different than another. Every musician is not the same. They all got a certain way of playing things. And he recognized that which would work good with his machine because you got to first have that ear. You have to have an ear for sound, an ear for tone, because I remember I told people, listen to the tones of how people talk. Listen to the, the, the tone and the and the sound of how people talk, because that tells you everything about them. Forget not just, not, it's not just about the words, it's the tone in which they delivered. You see? And he, 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 he incorporated that into the music. You see? He incorporated that into the music. And Barry Gordy, he, not only, he had like at least... He had at least seven or eight different labels. He had a Motown jazz label. You know, he was trying to get into jazz music and everything. You see? So he was off into all that stuff. He was off into all that stuff. You know? And rightfully so. And rightfully so. As he was supposed to be. As he was supposed to be. You see, like I said, people don't people forget, people don't understand what pure genius is, what true genius is. See, because we don't honor our geniuses, we tear them down. You see, we don't honor our geniuses, we tear them down. You see, we sit up here and tear down our geniuses. We sit down here, we sit up here and try to, you know, and try to uh, uh, um, crap on our geniuses. You see, instead of congratulating them, because, again, that's that whole hate thing. That's the whole hater thing. You see, that's that whole hater thing. We want to hate on our people who are talented because we we so afraid of just giving props to people who accomplish things that look like us because, you know, that crab-in-the-barrel mentality, that crab-in-the-barrel mentality that we want to a lot of times you negroes try to masquerade as being keeping it real and talking about such and such and keeping it real. Nah, you ain't keeping it real. You keeping it hateful. You keeping it crab and the barrelish. That's what you keeping it. And you doing that and you doing everything but keeping it real. The reason why y'all didn't you niggas didn't like Barry Gordy, didn't appreciate a Barry Gordy, didn't appreciate a, a Elijah Muhammad, didn't appreciate a Johnny Johnson, didn't appreciate them brothers that started Essence, didn't appreciate that enterprise, that entrepreneurial mindset, that entrepreneurial soul in our people. The reason why you didn't appreciate it because you niggas think like slaves, man. You think like a bunch of buck broken slaves. So when you see men like Barry Gordy standing up and being a real man, you know, not doing having to do no bend over, no bend over uh, activity behind the scenes, you see, because like I said, he never struck me as that type of person. So if I ever heard something, I'd be very surprised. He don't even got that type of energy coming off of him. And all the racism he had to go through and getting his stuff out there and all the stuff he had to go through. So, no, I seriously doubt he took that role like a lot of these guys who are in the music business who y'all give props to, you see. And them guys who had it too easy, who had backers behind them, who had, yeah, they had real backers behind them. You know what I'm saying? They had real backers, if you know what I mean. They had real backers behind them to getting their getting they, they music out there. You see? Nah, we, we, don't, we don't need no backers behind us. Real men don't need no backers behind them. They don't play that kind of funny, uh, that fun boy activity. You see? You know, the real, shout out to the real men who stand up as men and stand up as men and they ain't going to bend over. We'll be right back. 
you know, because Barry Gordy, he actually went and got a loan from his family, which was amazing to me. His his family gave him a loan of $800. He started Motown off $800 in 1959. Barry Gordy started Motown off of $800 in 1959. He bought a building and all this other stuff, he le- or at least whatever, from his family. And they had a meeting to give him the money. That was some real G stuff. He had to have a family meeting to convince him to give give him eight hundred dollars to to start Motown. You see, he had to convince his family, and they got behind him. And look what he turned eight hundred dollars into millions and millions of dollars. You see, that's powerful. That's powerful. I ain't never heard of nobody come and start no record company with eight hundred dollars back then. You see where you had to face racism, you really had to go through and, you know, try to get these record sales, and you had to deal with racism, and, you know, these damn Caucasians not wanting to see a bronze man succeed at nothing, wanting to see you fail, and you got to go through all that, go through the uh, the hate from not just Caucasian people, but from your own kind, hating on you, calling you a crook, claiming you stealing from these people, you see. And, like I said, all in the meantime, you're really building a legacy and making yourself wealthy in the process. You're building a legacy. You're building a body of work that's going to last a long time. I'm not even talking about what Motown did. The 50s and the 60s, forget about the 60s, definitely. But in the 70s, look what Motown put for. And in the 80s, I'm talking about Motown was, was viable and powerful for at least 25 to 30 years, a good 25 to 30-year run. I'm talking about he had, Barry had the 60s on Smash. The 70s with, with Stevie Wonder, he introduced Stevie Wonder. He came with the dopest name, Stevie Wonder. He gave him a dope-ass Stevie Wonder. Come on, man. You know what Stevie Wonder real name is? Steveland Morris. Who the fuck was going to record, record a, little nigga, a little blind nigga named Steveland Morris? He sounded like he'd be out here with, with, with a can in his hand begging for quarters. But he, he took this kid and turned him into Stevie Wonder. And Stevie Wonder still used that name today. That's his name. He go, Everybody knows Stevie Wonder. That's a dope-ass name. That had to be some wizardry right there. That was some straight wizardry right there. Stevie Wonder. You know what I mean? So that's powerful. That's powerful. A man who can transform something from nothing. Even though they had something in them, they had it in them because the true power of a man who has performs this form of wizardry, alchemy, is to be able to bring something from the foundation that's hidden inside and bring it to the top. In other words, if you had that hidden talent, somebody like a Barry Gordy would bring it out of you. You see, because you'd be inspired to be great. You start looking, what can I do that's really good? Next thing you know, hey, damn, I could sing. Damn, I could play music. I got an ear for music. I could produce songs. I know it sounds good. Somebody, when you're around greatness, you know, and when you're around somebody who's great, who who's inspired to do greater things, you inspire other people to do greater things. See, like that whole saying, the steel, iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel. Like I said, that's real. That's real. When you're around great people doing great things, it inspires you to do great things. Barry Gordy was Barry Gordy worked at the um, Ford the Ford Motor um, plant, and being around. Uh, uh, um, that machinery and that workings of seeing how the car is built, that inspired him to put that into making his um you know, his label jump because that's where the name Motown come from because he started Motown in Detroit where he's from, the motor city in Detroit. And like I said, I've been to the Motown Museum, which is Hitsville, USA. I've been there. I've been there. 
And it surprised me that a lot of so-called black people in Detroit don't know about Motown. Like, how do you not have you? How do you live in Detroit and not have visited Motown, the uh, um, where they started at Hitsville, USA? How do you not have gone there and seen that? I went there, went down in the basement, went to the office, look at where they the record the early recording booths, looked at the typewriters they had, the phones they had back then to take the orders for records. I looked at it like a machine in there, but it was like, and you seen all the stuff, they didn't They didn't take none of the stuff. They kept all the old phones. They kept all the old typewriters. They kept the old recording. I see where most Smokey Robinson used to hang their coats up, and they kept the old coat rack, everything. That's a damn museum, and they making money off that. That's run by Barry Gordy's sister. See, damn right, I'm going to go visit again. Went bought some merchandise, bought some merch, and I'm like, how is it that y'all people living in in Detroit don't know about and have never visited, have seen that as like something to be you know proud of and be a something that's accomplished? And you know how y'all how you not go there and be like, damn, this where it all happened that people was banging out these songs right at that building, people was chilling right on this lawn out here. Smokey Robinson, you see Smokey Robinson, uh, 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 um, the Temptations over here, uh, Brian and Roy standing over here. You see, that's iconic, man. He made he made he put hell. You talking about John, um? You talking about um? What's the guy Ford? Uh, uh, um, Henry Ford putting Detroit on the map. No, Barry Gordy just as much as Henry Ford put Detroit on the map. You see, you know, like when certain places are known for certain things and people coming from there, like Prince. Prince put Minneapolis on the map. Nobody gave a damn about no Minneapolis before Prince. Prince made Minneapolis the music scene. You can you know about Minneapolis because of Prince. You see, you know about Detroit and the music scene because of Barry Gordy. You know about uh, um, um, let me see, what other places, uh, um, Chicago, and the music because of the Bronze Feelers putting out work from there. You see, hell, another few famous music places, Ohio. A lot of groups came out of Ohio. The Ohio players, all these groups, um, lakes, all them people came out of Ohio. See, music is a powerful thing, man. Music is very powerful. You know that saying of the Pied Piper who played the flute and had all the people in the mice and all that following him? That's a very powerful thing. You can control people through music. And the beasts know that. Why do you think they got so such a heavy hold on music right now? Why you think they got such a heavy hold? They always, whenever the Caucasians want to get, get, you know, they want to make sure they could control the music because they know people pass messages through music. People can influence through music, just like any other form of media. You can influence through media, through television. That's why they always want to keep black people out of media, out of television, and producing. They, and if they do let you produce something, they got to be something that they got their hands on. That's why I said y'all in the best opportunity of producing things right now because they're streaming services. You can set up and stream your own music and pay for your own music. You can stream your own music. You can stream your own. You, you niggas, and again, you niggas don't need Spotify, man. You niggas don't need Spotify. You niggas got a problem so much with Joe Rogaine and his bullshit rant about monkeys on who Spotify funds Joe Rogaine. Why don't you niggas who streaming music on Spotify where they just basically giving y'all what they want to give y'all, they raping you niggas over there, taking your money and raping you and giving you what they want to give you, just like the same slave system, the record system. Instead of that, why don't y'all say, you know, we don't want our music on Spotify as long as your, our money going to fund Joe Rogaine and his bullshit racist comments. You don't say that. You niggas like India Irie, India Coon Ree, 
That's her name, India, uh, Kuhn, Kuhn, another. She looked like she could go along with Venus and Serena. She looking like she looking like India Irene. You look like the new modern day. Um, uh, uh, what's that broad name? The, the poetry chick. What's her name? You look like the modern day. Um, you looking like the Maya, modern day Maya Angelou. I thought you was gonna break out into a goddamn. Uh, 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 I am woman. Hear me roar. I thought you was gonna break out into what's that shit, Maya Angelou? Uh, 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 I'm not a cage bird. Is that that shit she say? One of her liberated nigger woman female poetry, that rant, the nigger woman liberated poetry um, hour, and she trying to explain, she trying to explain why old Joe Rogan raced and he ain't racist no more. Cause they gave you, a, they gave you some, they gave you extra points on your music. Spotify gave you a few more nigger pennies. You see. This is what music has become and turned into. And again, you would think that you had somebody like a Barry Gordy who, who, who evolutionized and pioneered a lot of music that you bronze men and bronze women would have been inspired that if you're going to come and get into ownership. Because even Dick Griffey, who started Solar Records, shout out to Dick Griffey, another one who was a powerhouse in the 80s in Los Angeles. He put, he put uh, uh, R&B music in Los Angeles on the map. Dick Griffey, who nobody talk about. I'm going to shout out Dick Griffey, another man who don't look like he bent over. You see? He don't got a bend over energy. You see, he was he was he was a gangster nigga. You see, Dick Griff- Griffey, how he moved. Shout out to him, rest in peace, Dick Griffey, who started Solar Records, who had Shalimar on there, Lakeside, all the uh, L.A. and Babyface, all that came through there, through Solar Records. Obviously, was inspired by Mr. Barry Gordy. You see, so you know. But anyway, let me go ahead and uh, read these questions before we get out of here. Um, hold on. Locked out my computer. Oh man, yeah. Let me get a second. Trying to get this up, get these questions up out of here. All right. Yeah, but go to Mental Like Patreon and subscribe for this full cast. So let me go ahead and read this. Uh, did Motown Records found the Barry Gordy evolutionized the music industry? Yes, he did. The things he didn't have, the sound he produced for everybody listening to that was genius, man. He made a sound. That's what I, if I was in the music industry, I'd be producing sound to everybody. Like, I would produce a pop-type type of soul-type of foundational music that everybody could like and listen to and purchase. Um, what is an uh, evolutionary? One who brings the next level of things to it, because they don't too, truly use that term too much. One who brings the next level to things. So that just shows the reason why they don't use that term is because not too many people do that. What makes Barry Gordy an evolutionary? How he produced music that everybody liked. Motown is an American sound. Again, he's the only real American because he's a descendant of Mesoamerican. So Barry Gordy did produce American music because he was a true Native American man. A Mesoamerican man, a real American man. How did his music change the face of America? Because everybody was listening to it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. Not just black, not just white, everybody. Asians, everybody. Everybody liked Motown music. What did it do today? And put everybody in that pop mindset. And this is how they market, market pop music today. Because of Barry Gordy. He changed the game. Before it was old black music. I mean, they still do black music, white music. But the pop thing, that's Barry Gordy. Through Motown. That's it. We're going to close out the name of Amen by the power of Amen and Amen we trust and Amen we think and an Amen we continue for forever. I am the intellectual newbie Menkares. It's been Mentelec Radio. Shout out to you, Mr. Berry Gordy, in your 90s. 
I'll see you guys back here tomorrow night at 10. Check, subscribe to Mental Lake Patreon for, um, for these cast. Good night. Thank you.